Welcome to Palms Church. I'm Brandon Shank. I'm the lead pastor here, and I wanted to take a minute and thank you for being with us today. Hey, if you're new, text the words Palms Connect to 97000. I'm believing with you for God to do great things today. Listen, a week's not going to go by right now where you don't, you don't hear about it either on the news or you don't hear about it. And I know we hear about it uh, as pastors. I mean, this is something that's an ongoing thing. It's something that is continual is mental health, right? And somebody who is, uh, I don't like to say I've struggled with mental health. I like to say that I have mental health just like everybody else. It's either good or bad. People say, well, you're struggling with mental health. It's like, well, we all have a level of mental health. It's just, there's degrees of it, right? Um, you don't say somebody, well, at what point has somebody just become unhealthy physically, right? You're like, at what point do you say, well, they're just unhealthy? Uh, I think most people um, physically, you say, well, they're, they're healthy until they just maybe don't live anymore. I don't know how it goes, but you, you say, when, when does that happen? And so I think for mental health, um, health is a real thing. Kidneys are a real thing. Um, liver is a real thing. Your brain is a real thing. Your body, your tissues, your muscles, they're all real things, but mental health sometimes can get a, a stigma like it's not a part of the body. But I don't want to really talk about mental health as much as I want to talk about the way the spiritual plays into your mental health. Um, having been through years of counseling and traumatic things that I've gone through and diagnosed with childhood PTSD. I'm not, I get all of it. It's real, right? Um, I could have been medicated. I never was not because I'm stronger. I just wasn't. And so I didn't really go that route. Um, it's not a bad route. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. What I'm simply telling you is just like you would go, if you had a heart surgery, you don't say the Lord's with me. Don't give me any painkillers. Just saw me in half. It's not the way it works. Right. And in mental health, sometimes we've got a stipulation say, well, just suck it up. The Lord will deliver you. Well, you don't do that when you have a heart attack. You get help from a doctor, right? So I don't want, I want to be very clear when I'm talking about these things that they're not this. I'm not a a medical doctor. I'm a pastor and I see spiritual in everything because the Bible teaches us that. And mental health is absolutely a spiritual attack on your brain. It is a spiritual attack on your mind. Um, just like our bodies are decaying the minute we're born, that's a spiritual attack on our bodies, right? So whenever your kidneys fail or your blood's not right or your heart's not working right, those are, these, are, these are all byproducts of spiritual things, right? We all get that. That's biblical. Um, I think we can look at the last year, year and a half, and, and there's statistics that'll tell us different things. I mean, mental health is always a problem, but depression is up 30% or more in adults right now. Adolescence, it's up past 36%. I mean, there's the amount of depression and suicide. I mean, you guys, every week we're hearing about kids that are killing themselves, right? Uh, the difference when I grew up was that, and this isn't just because of bullying and social, all those things play a role in it. I mean, when we grew up, we got away from our bullies. We went home, you had to hear from them, right? They weren't calling your phone. But now you just can't get away from them. You get on Fortnite, you, you have Instagram or whatever it may be. You just can't get away from your bullies. And so it's a different world for our children, but I don't even want to sit on that. What I want to sit on is the world was going towards a deeper depression before COVID hit. And then after COVID, everybody's got trauma and they're trying to figure that out. But there's an answer. This is what I want you to see before I go any further. We all know what I'm talking about, right? This is not new information. There is an answer to this and it's in the Bible and it's clear. And when I was walking through a lot of the stuff that I went through in my life, I, I would have a middle of the night where I was terrified and I'd feel demonic in my room. I'd feel the presence of darkness in my room. And it was an attack on my mind. I mean, I was having panic attacks and I was suicidal for two years. 
And I'd wake up, and for those of you who aren't familiar, we believe in the Holy Spirit the way that it's written. We believe in the speaking in tongues. We believe in prophecy. We believe in all these things. And I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is what we consider the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I was baptized in the Holy Spirit after I got into ministry. I couldn't even get uh, uh, my, with the denomination I was in, I couldn't even get uh, credentialed because I hadn't spoken in tongues. I grew up in a pastor's home. I was the biggest skeptic. But God got me alone one day, and he did things in me. And, and I started to. And so when I was walking through mental health, I spoke in tongues all the time. I wake up in the middle of the night and just, just start speaking in tongues. It's a prayer language. It's like a language God gives you. It's, it's just speaking to him. I don't know what I was saying, but like Paul says in the New Testament, you utter mysteries in your spirit, right? And that's, I can't tell you the amount of times I was about ready to have panic attacks. I would just pray through it, whether it was speaking in tongues or I would just say the name of Jesus. And I want to share this with you because I feel like it was my greatest tool was prayer, you know? And I, I know that some of you are going through stuff, and I know that some of you are suicidal. And we just read a request tonight of somebody who, if somebody gets to the place where they're willing to write to you that they're suicidal, they ain't playing, right? It's, but, but I tell you the ones you gotta worry about is the ones who never say nothing too. The people that are quiet, you never would know. Those, you, you have, there's mental health in this room. I would say in this room, I don't wanna give a number, but even online, there's a large percentage of you that probably thought about suicide at some point in your life. Like, it's just a reality of darkness. Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And so in John chapter 14, we just took communion and the, the last supper happened. Jesus was sitting around with all of his disciples. And then after they took communion and they ate the dinner, Jesus began to speak on a bunch of different topics before they went and prayed in the garden where he would eventually be betrayed. And as he is sitting around the table with his disciples and, he's, and he begins to teach them things, one of the things that he says to them, and John records it, John would have actually been there, in John chapter 14, verse 27 and we're going to backtrack tonight. I'm going to start in 27, then I'm going to backtrack to 26 because there's a point to it. So in verse 27, what Jesus said was, I am leaving you because he's talking. Jesus knows he's about to die. Within the next day, Jesus would be dead physically. And he said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Now, what he said is, I'm giving you with the gift. And what the gift was, was peace. Now, the scripture goes on to say of mind and heart, but this, the gift is peace, right? Y'all understand that? And what peace means is it's freedom from worry. That's what the actual word means. So God says, Jesus said the night that he was about to be betrayed, I'm giving you, I'm leaving and I'm, I'm leaving you with a gift and it's called peace. And so I began to think, well, why don't Christians walk in peace? Because if there's any group of people that should walk in peace, it should be us. Now, I don't say that so we're shamed and thinking, well, I must not be a good Christian because I don't walk in peace. I say that because it's available. I think maybe we're just not taking full advantage of it. It's not because you're not good enough. It's not because, listen, your pastor struggled with suicidal depression for two years while I was pastoring you. Did you know it? Is there anybody here you can raise your hand and say you knew that? You're lying if you did. Nobody knew that. Why? Because I wasn't talking about it. But I was having to find peace away from the storms. It means freedom from worry. So why do we worry if Jesus provides peace? Well, because we're human, right? And we struggle. It doesn't mean you're never going to have worry. It just means there's a solution to your depression. It just means there's a solution to the things in your life that don't seem peaceful. It, seemed, it just says that there's, Jesus knew what we would need and he provided it before he ever left. He said, and I'm leaving you with this, but let's backtrack. Well, before I do, I want to tell you, there's an encyclopedia it's, uh, of the Bible. It's called the Baker Encyclopedia. It's just one of many encyclopedias. But I, I want to know what the word actually meant in its purest form, like in the biblical terms. And this is what peace means. Total well-being, prosperity, and security associated with 
Those are the key words. God's presence among his people. Prosperity and security associated with God's presence among his people. Before we came, at the beginning when the MCs were on, um, Janae had said today that she remembers a time during COVID when we were online only and she was praying on a Wednesday night prayer. Uh, her and Phil had their phones out watching it on Facebook and she talked about the presence of God filling a room so much that it was just so tangible. And he just did so many things in her. This was a young lady with her husband in a home disconnected from everybody, but the spirit connected all of us, right? We were meeting together. So being connected to God's people isn't contingent on a room. His spirit's greater than that, right? This is why we have substance abuse, sexual sin, affairs, pride, control in your life, because they're all attempts to garner peace. If you have a control freak in your home, everybody says, well, it's a personality. It's not a personality. It's, it's an issue with peace, right? Control is an issue with peace. It has nothing to do with personality. Control isn't a personality trait. It's a peace trait, a lack of peace trait. So when you have somebody who has to have control or they have to have everything in a certain space and if it's moved, they just can't rest, that's not because it's a personality. It's because they have an anxiety problem and if things aren't where they need them, they're not in control and they don't feel at peace, right? We attribute a lot of depression and anxiety and personality things to things that are really lack of peace in our life. Does this make sense to you? If we don't see what's coming, if it's not organized, it's not peace. So let's, let's go back a verse. So Jesus said, and I leave, I send you what? Peace. So then let's backtrack to 26. So before he said that, what he said was, when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. And then he goes on to say, and I'm providing you, he's going to be the peace, right? So what he's saying is, let's backtrack. So we talked about peace. How, is, how are we going to get peace? Through who? The Holy Spirit. This is what scripture is telling us. Jesus is saying these things to us. You can't get it any more clear than what this is. And so how do we do that? Well, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. This is the verse God gave me a long time ago whenever I was going through stuff. And I didn't really know the word. And so I know that I didn't find it. But God gave it because I opened to it. And he told me Philippians 4. I didn't even know if there was four chapters in Philippians. And I remember Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And this is what it says. Don't worry about how much? Anything. Instead, pray about what? Everything. Don't worry about what? Pray about what? Don't worry about what? Pray about what? Don't worry about what? Pray about what? I don't think we get it. Don't worry about what? Pray about what? Don't worry about what? Pray about what? Don't worry about what? Pray about what? The title of tonight's message is anything and everything. Because when you hear that, don't worry about what? Anything. Pray about what? That means that stupid little thing that you think God doesn't care about? Pray. Because your father wants to help. He doesn't just step in. He changes the thing. He changes everything. Anything and everything. And in verse seven, after you don't worry about anything and pray about everything, it says, then you will experience God's peace, Jesus. If we don't worry 
about anything, but pray about everything. And we talk to God. The Bible says then we experience the peace that Jesus was referring to. This is as simple as it gets. And it says the peace. And then it goes on to tell us what kind of peace. The peace which exceeds anything that we can understand. And not only will it exceed what you can't understand, you won't, you won't know why you're no longer traumatized and why you're no longer anxious and why you're no longer overwhelmed and why you're no longer depressed and why you're no longer OCD and why you no longer have to head, go from one thing to the next to feel like you're sufficient. Listen, the, you, you, I, people that are struggling with their mental health will struggle with their identity. They will struggle with shame. They will struggle with guilt. They will struggle with comfort. They will struggle with So then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds everything and anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. There's two things that I want you to understand. The first is this. In your life, you want peace. Is that safe to say we all want peace? Is there anybody in here that you're willing to be honest with me for a moment and you'll lift your hand and say, I'm struggling with peace right now in my life. I'm struggling with peace. But I have something to tell you, and I'm telling you this as a loving shepherd. I'm telling you this as your pastor. I'm telling you this as somebody that is absolutely 150% in love with you. I'm in love with your family. I am in love with all that you are, regardless of what you think of yourself. I am in love with you. And I'm telling you this. Hear me, I say this in love. What we lack in peace, we lack in prayer. I wouldn't be a good shepherd if I didn't help you see this. We always talk about, we don't hide behind money here. We always say, yeah, tithe. God tells us to. God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart, right? That's what I need to do is help you lead you to those things, right? The same is true with your peace. I can sit here and coddle it and say, well, you've been through a lot. Sure, you've been through a lot. You're a human. You've been through divorces. You've been through cocaine addictions. You've been through darkness. You've been through a lack of hope. You've been through uh, adulteries. You've been through alcoholism. There's people who have been through all kinds of, you, maybe you've been through hard losses with family. You've been through miscarriages. You've been through stuff. You've been through trauma as kids. You've, you've lost family members. You've lost friends. And what we lack in peace is because we lack it in our prayer life. We're not at peace because we're not praying. So I pray on the way to work. No, do you get on your knees and as tears are streaming down your face, you say, God, I need you. I surrender my desires to you. I surrender my passions to you. And then how do we remedy that? If we want peace, we pray. That's it. I have nothing wrong with set times to pray. But if you set a time to pray, don't always set a time to stop. Because sometimes that's just as dangerous as not doing it all. God, you got my 30 minutes every morning. What if God wants an hour and 15 that day? And the next day, he's good. He, 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 not that 30 ain't good, but he said all I need to say in 15. What I'm trying to tell you is, hear God for yourself. If you don't pray and read your Bible, let me challenge you to do something. The book of Proverbs, 31 of them, one for every day. 
right? But you say, that's a whole proverb. You're right. Let's take a, let's take a step back. I want you to go to the book of Psalms. Read one line out of Psalms. Just read a line. Start at chapter one, verse one. Just read one. Read one verse. And when you wake up, say a one-line prayer. Dear God, I surrender to you today and I thank you. Start there and I promise you God will grow it if you do that every day. Because he just wants you. It's like a dad just wants time with his kids. Because he can bring peace into your life. And if people ask me, how did you overcome? I get this question all the time. The number one thing people ask me about far and wide, pastors, leaders, business leaders, people that are in our church is about my depression, anxiety, suicidal stuff. Because everybody deals with stuff like that. I have more questions because a lot of people are like, man, you really went through that and you talked about it. And it's like, why wouldn't I? God delivered me. So why wouldn't I tell this story? It's about him. Do you know what delivered me? Can I tell you all the nights? Can I tell you the sleepless nights I had? The nights where I'd wake up and Casey would wake up and I'm just sitting up in bed worshiping, speaking in tongues. I had more relationship with God from 3 to 4.30 every night than I ever had when I was awake. Why? Because I was terrified. And because like David says in Psalms, the night terrors, they keep you awake. And you're, you're, because that's whenever Satan knows you're vulnerable is when you're in your little zzz, right? You know, what, you know what shaped me as a man of God and as a pastor and as a parent and as a father and most importantly out of all those things as a husband? Do you know what shaped me? Prayer. Because I was praying so much over the course of those years that I, I didn't have waking moments where I didn't have an hour. Uh, if there was an hour of time, there were moments in there I was just praying because I knew that's the only thing that was going to save my life. I knew that if I stopped praying, I didn't have the manpower or the humanity to keep myself from doing what I shouldn't be doing. I just prayed. There's nothing fancy or sexy about that. It's just real. It's just prayer. And the spirit continued to work in me and it would help me. And I, there was days I would count down to the second, not even to the minute of I made it. It would be the second, okay. Okay, I made another second. That's how hard it was for years because there was a darkness that was trying to take my life and I just When we pray, we experience the peace of God. When I get anxious and I start to feel those things flare up, I don't use excuses like, Pastor Corey and I were talking about this yesterday. I don't use excuses like, oh, I've gotten too stressed and I just didn't feel it. I don't use excuses like, oh, well, you know, I, I've got a lot coming up with my, my I, gotta, I gotta do a couple messages or I'm traveling. No, 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 you know what I know all the time? It's an attack. I don't buy into all that. No, it's a tax. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock in. I'm going to spend time in prayer because it will settle my spirit. Because this is what I can tell you. I can get a lot of stuff done in a short amount of time. That don't stress me out. And if it does, that's not going to make me. That might make me nervous, anxious, but not the anxiety that we talk about where what you make you want to sit in a corner and close the door. No, that is called spiritual attacks. And Satan wants nothing more than for you to die. He comes to steal, kill. And is it funny to anybody else that destroys the last one? How do you destroy something after it's dead? You see what I'm saying? Because he wants to not just take you off the face of the earth, but destroy everything you ever touched. You're a child of God. Don't be, this isn't a battle. For, this is where we get it mixed up. We're not fighting Satan. We're surrendered to Jesus. He already defeated Satan. So we're not fighting Satan. We're not fighting, oh, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you demons. No, if you see somebody demon possessed, you can speak that thing move on out. But we're not fighting demons and Satan. No, we are surrendered to the king. He fights our fights. The Bible says he fights those battles. We submit to him. 
So when you're anxious, say, dear Jesus, my heart is, I'm turning, I'm terrified. I, I want to take my life. I, I don't even know what to do. I feel like I'm going to throw up. My stomach is in knots. My body won't stop. I need you, God. That's when you get on your face and you find that heart of worship and you submit to your king and you tell him how great he is. You are worthy. You are powerful. You are almighty. You are holy. You are the great I am. You have never been defeated. You say the horse is made ready for the day of battle and victory rests with the Lord and I surrender to the king. I surrender to the one and the only one who was and is and is to come. The resurrected God. The great I am. I surrender. And I promise you when you do that you'll feel a little different afterwards. And you laugh like, bro, this dude is crazy. When you find ways to glorify your king in the midst of your anxiety, you will see that you're winning because he's already won. How are we going to defeat fear? Anybody want to tell me? We pray. That depression that's creeping in your heart tonight. Tonight, some of you are going to have a rough night. I'm going to be straight up. Can I tell you why? Because we're talking about it. I'm, I'm pushing it. Some of you, if you're in a counseling session, they'd say, all right, we're done for the day. Why? Because they don't want to push you any further. I'm going to push you tonight. You know why? Because tonight, when you wake up in the middle of the night, I want you to pray. You got a new weapon, Jesus. I could be right there in that bed beside you, and I know exactly what you're going through. I know exactly what you're going through. I have been there. And tonight, when you wake up, you just start lifting your hands. I got, I got a new weapon, Jesus. You're the great I am. You're the king of all kings. You're the resurrected one. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I promise you, you do that enough, enough nights, enough days, enough months, and you'll start to see that things are changing in your life. Why? Because the Bible tells me that prayer will help me experience the peace that God meant for me to always have because that puts things in action in my life and puts me in a place of surrender where I'm no longer in control. But I'm saying, Jesus, get ready for the fight. You go to bed. I cannot wait. Come on, Satan, I'm ready for you. I love it when I get woken up in the middle of the night. I'm like, you want a fist fight? I'm going to punch you right in the mouth. You think I'm playing? You wake me up now. Let's go. We're throwing down, boy. You want a piece? Let's go. Because I'm surrendered to the great I am. I don't have to swing at you. You've already lost your teeth. He already punched you in your mouth. Because he doesn't lose. He, the Bible says he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He did the trifecta. Y'all understand what I'm trying to tell you? You have nothing to fear unless you've given Satan control. Fear is not God. And you're his child. So tonight, if you get woken up, what are you going to do? You're going to pray. Tomorrow when you're sitting at your desk and that anxiety hits, what are you going to do? to pray when you're in your car and you're overwhelmed and you want to run that thing off the side of the road and you just don't know what to do what are you going to do you're going to pray when that anxiety kicks in and the fight or flight kicks in like you're running after a bear but there's no bear you're just standing in the middle of the Walmart and you're having a panic attack what are you going to do pray this is what I want you to start praying for I want you to pray Lord fill me with your spirit I want to be baptized in all that you have. I want you to pray, Lord, fill me with all the things that you have for me. Help me see the gifts that you placed in my life. I surrender to you.
And when you pray, you speak in your prayer language or you just say, Jesus, middle of the night, Jesus, Jesus. Don't try to be smooth and all good worded. No, Jesus, Jesus. She said, I had to say Jesus for an hour. Yep, I've done it. Even last summer, I was traveling in August. I had 13 dates. I had 11, 13 speaking dates in 11 days. And I had to, and I, I knew I was hitting the ground running. I got there, I had driven all night um, because I'm an idiot instead of flying. And when I got there, I said, all right, I got 13 straight messages. I woke up middle of the night in a terror like I hadn't had in years. I got my Bible out. I said, let's go, baby. And I was having a panic attack. I opened my word, started marching around that room for half an hour, reading out of Psalms, lifting my hands, speaking in my prayer language. People got saved on that trip. Come on. People got delivered on that trip. People found Jesus in ways they never found him before. Pastors were encouraged. Teen, teen challenges were changed whenever we left there. The devil lost over those next two weeks. Why? Because prayer works and it happens and it will work over and over and over. Prayer works. It doesn't push the fight away. It just teaches you how to fight to where you're no longer a byproduct of what he wants to do. You're now walking and you're determining how it's going to go. Will you stand with me wherever you're at? I'm going to ask our prayer team here in the room to come forward. We also have all of our moderators online. Tonight, as we're doing this, you can text WNL Wednesday Night Live, WNL WNL Pray to 97000. And if you're saying, I need prayer for these things tonight, just text us. Let us know what those are. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you this week. We're going to pray for you as we come to the next couple of weeks. We're going to put these prayer requests in front of our staff and in front of our prayer team. And you're going to be on our minds and our hearts. So let us know. Text us. WNL pray to 97000. But tonight, as our prayer team, you guys go ahead and come forward. Those in the room, we're going to pray for you directly. If you want prayer online, you can tell us right in the chats. Moderators will be with you. We'll have people we can reach out to you, or you can text in your requests. But we're going to pray. Prayer changes everything. When we're scared, when we have fear, what do we do? He's the Prince of Peace. So let's, let's take this for all it's worth. Let's receive what he has. Lord, we come to you right now. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you. And we surrender in this moment. We surrender our heart. We surrender our life. We surrender what we feel like we know. And God, we just, I ask right now in advance for all those that tonight, they're in for a fight. God, we're absolutely calling out darkness. And we're saying tonight, I pray as they wake up and they just say, Jesus, 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 and begin to read out of the word of God, that they will know that prayer is changing the dynamic of that space. Prayer is changing the dynamic of that room. Prayer is changing the dynamic of their life. Prayer is changing the darkness into the light. Prayer is making the gray skies blue. Prayer is parting the clouds. I pray right now for every fear, every worry, every every overwhelmed person. I pray for a freedom in Jesus' name. I pray for an opening in their heart like never before. And I pray they would sense that you are on the move, that you are faithful, and that God, you will do it. It's our greatest fear, but it's your greatest victory. I pray they wouldn't fear death, hell, and the grave, but we would know you've overcome all of them, and you are the resurrected one. Oh God, I pray tonight in the name of Jesus. Jesus, help us get there. Help us get there tonight in Jesus' name. Would you let us pray with you? If you're struggling with any of these things, any areas of your life, will you let us give you a kickstart tonight? Come on, wherever you're at, we're going to begin to sing. Will you just come out of your seat and will you let us pray for you and let us believe with you. Let us anoint you with oil and let us believe with you that God is going to do a miracle in your life. Come on, let's sing this together. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Hey, if you want to know more about Palms Church, or just know what's going on or watch messages, you can go to palmschurchonline.com all the time. And today, if you want to partner with us in giving, you can go to palmschurchonline.com slash give to partner with us financially. We love you, we believe in you, and we are so grateful to have you a part of the family. See you soon.